Uh, I fucked it up already, didn't I, really? <laughs> right, sorry, you sound again. Simon! 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 You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! You're listening to the Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Sapnin! Sapnin! For those of you who don't know, Sapnin is a colloquial Welsh term. Welsh colloquial term for uh, what is and happening. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the plan with going forward with the podcast is we're going to find out what's happening with guests, ourselves, you, eventually, and everything, yeah. Just going to let everyone know what is happening. What is happening? <laughs> if you see somebody you know on the street, please yell at them, Sapnin! As well as Sapnin! Sapnin! Yeah, as Welsh as you can, please. Because imagine if people started. That's how everyone greeted each other. Sapnin! It's quite positive as well. I know this is the first episode, but we need t-shirts with that straight up. Oh, 100%. Sapnin! And it fits perfectly with the Supreme logo. So we'd be millionaires by episode two. <laughs> anyway, let's introduce ourselves because people haven't got a clue who we are. And if you find us not knowing who we are, then I'd like to know how you actually did Yeah, that. how did you come across this if you don't know who we are? That's strange, strange, isn't it? But anyway, cool. Thank you. Thank you for listening. My name is Sean Smith. Um, I worked out earlier. I'm the fourth best Sean Smith after um, a LA Raiders player, a crew Alexandra football player, and a singer from a band called Same Difference. I'm the fourth best Sean Smith. Um, and I... I was formerly a frontman of Welsh rock band, The Blackout, and I've done some TV presenting, some radio presenting, uh, some disc jockeying. Ooh. I don't know if the kids know about disc jockeying. Bringing back big terms. MB3 jockeying now, isn't it? Stream jockey. I'm an SJ. Stream SJ. jockey. Um, yeah, and yeah, I've... Um, got lost now with what I was saying, but yeah, I've uh, been in a band, I've done some TV stuff, I've done some radio stuff, I did some voiceover stuff, and that's basically me just introducing myself in the easiest way I can without sound personally sounding like a knobhead and bragging about things I've done. Mm. But it's, you know, Morg, if you want to chirp in and say how brilliant I am and all the things I've accomplished. Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, you've done some okay things, maybe. <laughs> I, don't know. I think I think the best thing you have done is this podcast. Oh. It's going to be the best. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Well, um, I've got high hopes. Good. I'm glad um, that's, so that's 50%. Yeah, that's good. As you good. once said, hope is all we have and all we ever know. Yep, and then so my band broke up, so... Okay. <laughs> anyway, Morgan, explain, introduce yourself. Well, I'm Morgan. Um, Boo, get him off. Ooh, bad Sorry. reception already. The crowd didn't like me. Tough crowd. <laughs> uh, the best way to kind of describe myself, I like to think, is a freelance journalist. I've done a lot of radio work and uh, stuff for magazines and newspapers over the last couple of years. Doing a lot of music journalism, covered a lot of professional wrestling, and just, yeah, just overall music fan wrestling fanatic and really gonna bring a good journalistic act journalistic mind yeah. he said the word wrong mind he's bringing huh? he's bringing his journalistic technique mind i am do you want another that's go good do you want another go that's how good it is no one else is doing that is it terrible being journalists or f- journalistic yeah and bringing that experience to the podcast <laughs> just you know 
gonna make myself look an idiot half the time by the sounds of it. Yeah, uh, so I I do it. Ninety percent of my time is me well, looking thought, like an idiot. I so I in and get yeah, some of that. Make me but, feel yeah. slightly better, but yeah. Um, Maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just you bringing me down. Oh my god, alive! Story of my life. Do you know how many times <laughs> I've heard that? Five of each other member of the blackout. Well, no, Ooh. that's the sixth. But anyway, we're going to get into that later on um, with the, the first interview we have. Um, but let me tell you a bit more about what we plan to do with this podcast. Um, we came up with this idea for the podcast uh, a couple of months ago, and now we're getting it into action. And um, the idea is basically, over the years of me being in the band, I got to meet some fantastic characters all shapes and sizes from all different walks of life, um, whether it be music, wrestling, comedy, TV, film, um, tattoo artists, you name it, I probably know someone who does it. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to meet some of the very best of those things as well. So we're hoping that myself and Morgan are going to travel um, the length and breadth of Britain to try and find try and find, we sound like stalkers, to get the best um, guests that you want to hear as well. So if if you've got any ideas for guests that you'd like us to get in touch with or anyone you know that I know that you think would be a funny chat, get in touch with us at twitter.com forward slash forward slash See, you're messing up words as well now. Shut it, you. Journalistic. You're never going to live that down. Just put that um, on my Twitter bio <laughs> Journalist. I'm a journalist. You should. That should be your thing. We got t-shirt. We got t-shirt designs already. Oh, I'm a journalist. Friend is too. Yeah. Um and yeah, we're gonna go around and interview people and yeah, oh yeah, get in touch twitter.com forward slash sa- I did it again. Sapnim podcast. Is this something no, it's Sapnim Pod. Oh, this is all gone wrong. Sapnim S A P E N I N P O D. Like the new metal band, but less Christian. Mm. You can tell how professional we are. Yeah, it's going well so far. It's really well, but you know, just to stress as well that it's not just going to be about music, even mm. though that we do have a big background, the two of us in that, it's going to be about anything and everything. Nothing is off the table. Yeah, I'll talk about anything. You um, talk about tables. Yeah. Oh, don't. Oh, I, you know this table? Mm. I put this table together. No way. Yep. It nearly took my life. Um, it was that traumatic experience? Yep, it was awful. I was did you nearly get it crying. From a big Swedish company, or was it? Yeah, it was a giant Swedish company. Oh, a giant one. Um, really big one. I made it, and uh, yeah, the screws were a, a real bugger to get. Anyway, yeah. well, just anyway. like just like Elton John, it's still standing. So, <sighs> anyway, this podcast. Um, You've lost me now with your terrible jokes. Uh, explain terrible. the first episode to him. Explain well, the first okay. episode. With this first episode, I thought it would be brilliant for us to kind of go back, open up a can of worms or a can of whip asses, Stone Cold used to say, um, about your history in the music industry, Sean, and really reflecting on the blackouts breakup. All right. Uh, Thanks. Well, Thanks, bro. Know, there's a lot of people... Don't. I promised myself I come wouldn't on. cry, man. Come on now, come on. No, but I think there is a lot of question marks over that kind of period of time and what really happened. We're going to get you to tell all the gossip, all the dirty laundry, everything we can really dish out and answer some of those questions. Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Yeah, so this is going to be a multiple part episode. Multiple part episode? Multiple episode podcast um, for this interview. Because, as Morgan says, we in this episode we're hoping to touch on the end of the band, how it came about, etc. And then the next one will be about time in the band and answering questions you may have. So please, again, get your questions into either at Pod on Twitter, S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, like the new metal band, but not as Christian. That's my new tagline. And, sorry, a bit of windy. Um, or our personal Twitters, Mine is at Sean Smith Sucks. Morgan, what's yours? Mine's at MH Richards underscore. That's a lot of a mouthful to say. You couldn't even get 69 on the end of that. Well, like, yeah, oh, but that's not on, really come journalistic, on, is it? Yeah, it's so, not really journalistic. No, You're right. So, um, need yeah. It needs to be a little bit professional, even if I can't pronounce my own profession. But yeah. So, if, after you listen to this first part of the interview, um, if you've got any questions, please. Tweet them at Sean Smith sucks at MH Richards underscore. Don't bother tweeting it. Stupid tweet. Just give me a follow. And um, at Sapping Pod, if you've got any questions you want answered that you don't think that we touched on. Yeah, because I think with this, we really wanted to give time and answer these things properly, not rush through anything and get really this story out there properly. Would you like to think? You know, yeah, it, yeah. Know. And if people don't think that we have, if people are thinking we've missed any parts out, just let us know. Just let us know. Just have a go with us on we'll, social media. Yeah, and we'll... We're going to be the first, we won't be the last. And I'll destroy you on you, and I'll mention your Twitter handle, and we'll get into a big scrap, and... Yeah. Oh. Anyway, here's part one, I believe, of Sapping Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm the wonderful Morgan Richards. Ta-da. So Sean, of course, it's been three and a half years now since the Blackout's last ever performance and farewell tour, This Is It, Is It. <laughs> Best name for tour ever. Absolutely. I'm ever. Sure. Does it feel that long? Yeah, it feels like a different life. Absolutely different life. I feel like a different person. Um, yeah, it feels forever ago. It's, yeah, it's, it's like I saw the boys 
once like three weeks ago and that was the first time in a year since I'd seen him and that felt like forever so the gap between actually playing that last show mm. seems like a well, different life and of course you've been extremely busy on other projects and stuff like that but is it just being a crazy experience since then um yeah it's been ups and downs massive ups and downs um after after the band finished i was worried about what i could do so um just before the band finish i was with a radio presenter and i told her i wanted to get into radio presenting and she said she'd help out and then we announced we were splitting up and i messaged her three times and never had heard anything back so i got really worried about possibilities of things i could do when i could see that these people who were originally friends now shut the door that quick <clears throat> so yeah um yeah mad ups and downs i was lucky enough after that then because before the band i wanted to do like barbering years and years and years okay. ago and um i just didn't get into it and then the band took off so i never had the chance but um yeah, luckily enough, Matthew Pritchard of Dirty Sanchez fame um, was looking for someone to manage well, slash run his shop for like three days a week. Um, so I did that, loved that, met those boys, loved my time asleep when you're dead. And then um, luckily enough for me, Jason Perry came along um, because he was setting up an, a, a team just to do events. So you got in touch with me, and I've been working with them ever since. Um, but yeah, it's been mad ups and downs, seeing different things happen, doors close, friendships end. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been it's been tough. Okay. But uh, yeah, hopefully not anymore, because uh, started a new band now, and that's gonna be we're gonna be playing shows live soon. Hopefully, I've said that we're gonna be playing shows shortly. So hopefully in the next, I don't know when, that, I don't know when <laughs> shortly ends, but um, yeah, I just can't wait. I cannot wait. The songs we've got is, um, the band is me, my friend Christopher, um, my friend Ryan and Bob or James Davis from the Blackout, as people might know. If you don't know who he is, um, Google the Blackout and he's the one without any hair. Um, but what he lacks in hair, he certainly makes up for in riffs. So if you try and count your hair, I don't know what what what, what do you reckon? Your how many hairs do you reckon you've gone here? Oh, I've lost count completely. And you've got a beard as well. So. Yeah, that's a lot of hair to count. So all right, so let's say five hundred thousand hairs. Bob's got seven hundred thousand riffs, <laughs> and they Rit come. In, yeah, written. They riffs come in and angry tweets. Really oh, oh, he's got more angry tweets and he's got riffs. Yeah. Oh my good lord! He's I, rec I reckon he's got so many saved in his drafts oh, that he just, when he gets angry, he just has a little look and then. I bet he's had to delete the drafts. He's bound to have had to looked at his drafts at one point and went, oh, "I was really angry that I, you can't write those things down. What if they've been stored by Twitter?" Oh, I bet he's wished death on some people. What an angry man! But then again, love him to death. So yeah, we got a new band that's coming out soon. So keep an eye out for that. It's riffs. Um. Uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be mental. I'm gonna be running about on stage. I can't wait 
get away, get out of the way of the front row because I'm running into it. I can't wait. Um, but yeah. yeah, and most importantly, we've got this podcast as well. So. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, no, I was that. just thinking about the past so much. I was like, oh, well, that's a downer, and um, yeah, and, and yeah, I completely forgot. But yeah, no, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this, and we're gonna meet um, and talk with some of people's favorite bands, wrestlers. Um, Everything in comedians, between. yeah. I don't know why Everything. I just go for bands yeah. and wrestlers every time. Like people are like, what? Too, the two but... things that everybody loves. No, people like either like bands or wrestlers. No, I, I t- tend to like both. Yeah. So, so let's rewind a little bit now. Yeah. When did you first know that the blackout was over? Was this like a series of conversations? Did someone just bring it up one day? Did you know for a while? What really happened? Can you really tell us a little bit more? Because there's always been a kind of question mark. Around yeah. that in particular, I think after start the party, we felt a drop off from fans um, because I guess they didn't like start the party as much as we did. Um, and then yeah, we noticed some things like were going wrong with like agents and managers and stuff like that, and we could see things falling apart. So we kind of left our management, went on our own, and then we recorded the EP uh, Wolves. And, um, yeah, when we recorded Wolves, I thought, wait till people hear this, that's it. Like, we're, like, back, we're back bigger than ever. Can't wait. And, um, no, I don't think enough people heard Wolves. Um, but yeah, we were shooting a music video for the song Wolves. I've said Wolves too many times now. Um, yeah, so we were shooting a music video for that song about Wolves. And, um... Yeah, we went back to our hotel that night and one of the bands said, called a band meeting, which was rare really, um, called a band meeting and said uh, he wanted to leave the band um, to concentrate on getting qualifications for a job he was interested in. So, like the Blackout always did, everything was split six ways, so... We don't go. We don't really go on with a man down, um, unless it's Gavin. We've got little ones, and we had to carry on without them. But I mean, we don't. We wouldn't stay together. We were always. It was always those six boys. That's the mad thing about the band. It's like we were together thirteen years, and it was always us six. No member changes. Like, you know, other bands, you just see people come, people go. I think Alid's the only original member of Kids in Glass Houses. Is that true? I might have to fact check that, but I think it is true. From like beginning, beginning. Yeah, from yeah. the yeah from the grassroots. Yeah, 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 yeah. From well, since the name Kids in Glass Houses <laughs> was in front of a band. Um, yeah. So yeah, like, and we'd never, we never changed a member. So yeah, this. Um, yeah. So he said that he wanted to leave, and then another one said he wasn't too happy and he wouldn't mind. So we were just sat in the hotel room going, ah. Oh, all right, we just recorded a video for a song that we all love. I know we've got this, like, so... But I was so... In my mind, and to myself, I didn't even say this to any of the boys, but I was just so... Oh, what's the word? I was so... I had so much faith, then, in Wolves as an EP that I thought, all right yeah okay don't worry about it they're saying this now but wait till we see the reception for this we're gonna be laughing um but that never came and then (laughs) um yeah and then we announced 
December the 1st, 2014. Yeah, that we were playing, splitting up. And then we played the last show, March 28th, 2015, in Rida Car Leisure Centre in Merthyr Tidville, um, which is about half a mile from where it all started when the Blackout played the first gig. Well, there was five of us in the band originally, me, Snoz, Matthew, Gavin, and Reese. I was a DJ. Who'd have thought that? Like, I was a scratch DJ because I seen Limp Bizkit and Lost Profits do it. And I was like, right down, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that was half a mile away from where our last gig was. And, yeah, we went out to a sold-out show. And the promoter reckons, yeah, we could have done hmm. two or three nights there, really. Um, but, yeah, and, yeah, that led us to our last show. Yeah. When that first conversation came up, was that a real shock factor? Was the writing on the wall for a while? Did you go into Wolves kind of knowing on some level that that was, like, the last DP, that, or the last <laughs> chance maybe you would all be in the studio together? Yeah, possibly. I think um, I think if you listen to Wolves now, oh, hopefully this will get some Spotify plays now. Um, if you listen to Wolves now, you can hear us talk. Those songs are about everything falling apart around us. Like, like just see the way certain situations were dealt with, with labels and agents. And there's one point in our career where we had a booking agent who worked for us for nine months who did absolutely nothing, didn't get us one tour. I got us a tour in Europe with some friends. He took 20%. Crazy. Mad. Yeah. So that's 20% of, I don't know, say we were getting paid back in £1,000 a night. You know, that's £200 a night he's making for nothing. Nothing. Easiest money in the business, yeah. surely. Oh, it's easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, back to it. Yeah, Wolves, I think we kind of knew. Like, if you listen to that song, we can hear that it's going down, but you, it's kind of the same thing with Hope, the album Hope. That came out of us not knowing if we could ever make an album again, and then we did Pledge hmm. uh, System, and then we got to make an album. So I think in Wolves, you can hear us kind of losing losing grasp of everything and slowly getting ready to let go of it. But there was still some fight in there. There's still some edge to it and yeah there was certain bits in songs where yeah I was fighting for the life of the band like hmm. <clears throat> and you said that the six of you were always so close almost like a family was there any conversations with anyone about maybe continuing or doing another project straight away changing the name or anything like that or was it just no we have to stay as we are and no that's together? that's kind of always how it has been yeah um, I wanted to call it Sean Smith and the Blackouts, <laughs> but that was from day one. But they were having none of it. Um, but no, there was no kind of, there was no kind of carrying on. I don't think. Um, but after it, um, yeah, me and Bob were just spending time together, and I just said how much I wanted to be in a band. He said he had these ideas, so he sent the songs over. My friend Chris is a drummer. We had him in. Us three practiced together for like nine months, maybe longer, without a bassist. We had three bassists who said they were very keen, had learnt the songs, and the day before they pulled out of joining the band. Um, so, yeah, we after nine months, we finally got a bassist. We've been practicing, rehearsing with him for a while now, and yeah, soon. I cannot wait. And you've kind of mentioned already that around the time of the breakup, I think it's safe to say that it affected you 
more than anyone else. Yeah, I can't speak for them, but I'd say I'd say it did because sadly, like if you look up, how do you say it's without being a dick? If you look at magazine covers, it tends to be my stupid massive head that's kind of central or, you know, at least prominent in it. So I think when that failed, when, you know, the black and split up, I think we, um, yeah, I kind of took it on as I failed more than, you know, a collection of me and my friends. Like, just because, well, yeah, I just didn't know what I was going to do after it. Because it was, I want to say it was sudden, but it was like, we had three months. I had three months to sort it out, but I was so focused on that tour and convinced in my head the Wolves was going to blow up. That yeah, I didn't really plan for anything else. <laughs> so when the band was done, I was just lost, lost for quite some time. So talk to us about that last show in Merthyr Tidsville. Then, of course, Oof. getting off stage. That's it. It's officially over. What's the first thing anyone says? What's the first thing anyone does? Um, I think it's a photo on my Instagram. Um, if not, no. If you go to the Blackout Facebook, uh, there's the photo from the last show of the. Six of us with a back to the crowd. Yeah, in the black and white. Yeah, yeah, and we're all sobbing. We're all crying. Um, Bob looks especially bad in it. He's really, really weeping. Um, but yeah, we were all just gutted. We were all gutted. We all came off. We all hugged each other. And then we had to like go up to a dressing room, which was above um, the floor, above the stage. And then, yeah, go into a dressing room and... We had the promoter who put it on and had like six plaques made with uh, this is it, is it, Rudy Carlisle Centre sold out. I believe it's in the corner over mm. there. Um, yeah, he had them made. Um, Matthew's girlfriend at the time, Jade, Jade Fisher, she does um, art and uh, she specialises in like greeting cards and stuff, but she'd made, she'd made us all these six plaques with uh, <laughs> Dead Right. The blackout, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. From 2003, no, 2002, 2003 to 2015. And, um, yeah, and then we had to wait. We asked for, like, half hour so we could all just sit down and gather our thought, th- uh, thoughts before our families and friends came in. And when they came in, and it just kind of turned into a party. Um, yeah, so all our friends just... All our friends, yeah, just piled in and just started drinking our booze. Cause that's what a lot of our friends and some some of the boys' bands, some of the boys in the band's parents would come along only if there was booze available. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Party on. <laughs> and that whole time period, the kind of 2013, 14, 15, was seen as almost a kind of downfall of that UK music scene with so many other bands yeah. breaking up and things happening around that time. On some level, did that kind of make it a bit more easier for you, knowing that all these other peers <laughs> and bands had gone before you? Is it just like a sign of the times? Or I don't know. Really think about that. But at the time, it just seemed like everyone we knew who was in bands were having to slow down or stop. Mm. Like kids went, kids in glass houses split up, funeral friends split up. Um, who else split up? Um, Canterbury. Like everyone that we had toured with a bunch of times was was going like um did it, it do you know what? it probably did help just because 
it made me think, well, it's not just us. Like, it's it's an old kind of area and, like, sub-genre of music that seems to be losing out. Um, yeah, and then you see bands spring up then, who have sprung up since, who sound like, kind of like those bands. Like, I feel that the 1975 is for people who think Kids in Glass Houses are too heavy metal. Because <laughs> they sound, like, to me, point. they yeah. sound like Kids in Glass Houses, but softer. Really yeah. soft, yeah. really soft, as soft as you can get. Kids in glass houses, if they were naked babies covered in cotton, that's how soft 1975 sounds. Um, yeah, so it makes you wonder, like, what would have happened if those bands just stayed together? Hmm. Like, they've all got to regret it a little bit, because I know how much I regret it. I know how much boys in my band regretted it. You know, I'm not saying they all do, but, um, you know, it's just something... You can't beat that buzz of being on stage and playing to people. Hmm. And, um, yeah, they've all, you know, we've all been unfortunate to have lost that now. Yeah. And from a fan's point of view, I know so many people kind of miss that time of their lives and that scene and everything. What do you put that really down to with all those bands breaking up at that time? Do you think it was just the industry changing those couple of years or was it just anything else you can really pinpoint to? I don't know. I just think... All of those bands had had quite a good run. Like, we'd all done, like, four or five albums. And I don't know. I don't know whether people who were into us were growing up or their musical opinions are changing or and their tastes are changing. Or if it was... I don't know. It, I'm guessing a lot of it was our fault. Like, when we did start the party, it was a happier album. So I can see why a lot of people who were originally into us for, for me being a miserable shit to then um, starting a party. What's he partying about? Look at the state on him. got a long head. Um, I think that played a part in it. Um, I think um, Ian from Lost Profits might have played a part in it. Yeah. I think after, um, after he was arrested, I think... I don't know, it's weird coming from this point of view, from, you know, being in that circle of, I was friends with him at one point, um, to say, but I genuinely feel that it affected us, um, yeah, and affected crowds wanting to see other certain bands as well, which was strange. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about that a little bit because okay. I feel a lot of people in the scene hasn't really mentioned it that much since the whole thing came out with Ian Watkins. Do you think that because a lot of bands were kind of involved with Lost Profits in a way because they were a band who, especially for the Black Alp, took you out when you weren't signed and yeah. helped you out, kind of gave you a big push, same with Kids Glass Houses and everyone else. Yep. Around that time, do you think it was a kind of sign that things can go wrong so you want to try and end it on your own and do you think it, that the whole thing just made a mess of those kind of bands yeah I definitely think it made a mess um, I can't like he didn't have a factor in us breaking up but I do think he had a factor in uh, people's opinions of all of these bands changing like like obviously none of us knew about it obviously none of us knew about it but it's I think it just tarnished us like I, I even asked um I asked an editor of a rock magazine, I said, from an outsider's point of view, or, you know, from a press point of view as well, do you think 
that this has tarnished us. And he said, I think it's, it has played a part. And that's just sad to see because, yeah, we've, well, all of the bands, like all of the Welsh bands, I think, were slightly tarred with that brush. But that's, you know, we did, we were associated with Lost Prophets because Lost Prophets did a load for us. They were, um, they were our idols at some point. Like they were, you know, our heroes. Um, getting to see six boys from Ponty's, 15 minutes from where I live. Before that, there was like nothing. There was stereophonics, but that was that wasn't the music I was into. Mm. So seeing like a metally band like Lost Prophets do well, and then when you see them live and they're climbing people, the spit hanging off the roof is insane. People are beating each other up. It just blew my mind. So yeah, we ended up befriending them, and then they took us on several tours and helped with stuff. And yeah, it was it was. A crazy situation and then I remember waking up December the 19th 2012 and I had a text off one of the blackouts saying um, Ian's in the news and I instantly thought it would be a drug overdose because somebody had told me that he was well into his drugs by then um, sorry to jump everywhere but this was 2012 me and him stopped speaking in 2009 I'm not entirely sure why but he, I th- I, I don't know. I think I might have talked to a girl that he was dating at, at the time, but um, but yeah, yeah, I think he was really controlling. So yeah, he he just stopped talking to me. But whatever. Um, yeah, December nineteenth, two thousand twelve. He um, yeah, he was in the news, and I texted him saying, "Is he dead?" Because I was expecting it to be an overdose, and he said, "No, he's not dead." But it's very, very bad. And then turned on the news and he was saying what he'd done. And I just couldn't believe it. I thought, like I read I read stuff like saying it was like a one-year-old or whatever involved. And my first thought was like, someone's forgot to put a five after one. Like at best. like. But no, obviously, oh, I feel sick thinking about it. Um, yeah, he'd done those terrible things and... Uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of bands were probably tarnished with the same brush. There was a, there seemed to be a lull around the whole, the whole of the music scene for quite some time after it. Mm. Not just like Welsh bands particularly, but not just Welsh bands. Like to me, it's only now I think seems to be getting better. Now the bands, um, yeah, now the bands that are about seem to be thriving, and British bands seem to be doing well again, and the scene seems to be getting better and more respected so yeah it's a good thing finally and one thing off the back of that i've always kind of wondered back in the day you had that track high tide baby that featured ian and as soon as all that came out you stopped playing it from your live set to everything like that was that just an instant thing as we yeah. can't play that song anymore because yeah. of the association oh absolutely instantly yeah well yeah that night when i woke up that december the 19th when i woke up we were dj in liverpool that night um on the start of the party Oh yeah, it would have been the start of the party pre party tour. And um yeah, we were having people coming up and asking for lost profit songs. And I just thought, You're mental. You obviously know what's happened. You've heard the news. We I just can't do it out of respect. Like like don't get me wrong, the rest of those boys I love with all of my heart. You'd never meet a nicer bunch of boys and what happened to them is criminal. 
they should be able to somehow sue him for every well yeah and he probably hasn't got anything but they should be multi-billionaires because they deserve it because they've been through hell more than anyone um I can't remember the question was. I started thinking about those. High tide, baby. Oh yeah, high tide. No, instantly stopped it. Instantly stopped it. Um, yeah, uh, f- yeah. From then on, we had we, yeah. We never played it again after December two thousand twelve. Hmm. Um, we just just had respect and I don't know. It just yeah. The just the, the less the less people had to think about him, yeah, the better. Yeah. So, you know, if if that if we'd started playing that and for a second someone went, Oh, this is the song of the year on it's not worth it. I'd rather people just forget him. Mm. It's not worth giving him. And just to reiterate what you said really with the rest of the guys from Profits, of course, they've really credit to them being able to get back out and try new things with no devotion and everything else. Oh yeah. You've been friends with them for years, I'm sure. That's just been great for you to see them do oh yeah, off the back of I went to um, right. I went to Reading to see No Devotion and did I cry? I might have cried th- seeing seeing him on stage, seeing my kick in the air. Um, yeah, they deserve they genuinely deserve the world because they've been through hell. Like, and that's the, the thing is, people you just get idiots who just talk shit to him about it, and it's like I can promise you now, if any of them knew. He'd have been stamped into a pink mist. People wouldn't... You wouldn't know of him because he'd be dead. Oh. Um, but yeah, they're all doing They're all doing well for themselves. Um, Luke's in a band called Low Lives. We're really good. Mm. Might get Luke on in the future, hopefully. Um, Mike Lewis uh, has taken... Uh, him and his wife, Amber, have got a... Uh, an interior design company in LA, which is doing unbelievably. Um, Stu's got a studio out in LA. Yeah, LA or Florida? I think it's Florida. It might be Florida. Yeah, I He's think it's Florida. Sorry, been playing Stu. Playing a bit of bass for Thursday as well. Yeah, been playing for Thursday. Awesome. Loved Thursday. Still love Thursday. Don't know why I put the D <laughs> on the end. Um, and yeah, Jamie's pinked in. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Oh work. my god. Some I'm really incredible. I'm busting for him to do one of me, yeah. like a little child me. Like I, I wanted one like surrounded by women and lions. But imagine if he did like lion, little lion cubs. Oh no, I just never mind. That's a terrible image. Baby me surrounded by lion cubs. Nobody wants that. Um. Yeah. So yeah, they're all doing well, and um, yeah, good for him. Good for him. He deserves the world. Hmm. And. I know you're saying that was a factor, but what were really some of the other key factors? I think it might have been a factor. Um, well, I don't know. I guess people have told me that they thought it was. so. Um, but yeah, that wasn't like the main one, but we we did feel tarnished after that, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just like money. Bands can't afford to do stuff, um, to live pretty much anymore. I guess nowadays most of your favorite bands will will have second jobs. There's probably <laughs> about five or six that haven't. Um, but yeah, there's not there's the, you know back in the day you used to tour to promote an album, but now you're making an album just so you can go out and tour, so you can sell merch, so you can have some money. Because 
people don't realise, well, past people do realise now, but the amount of people who take cuts and stuff and your money just gets, like, goes hand-to-hand through different people, like a label could take 50% of of the cost. But that's, that, could, that could be, like, after they recoup. So, yeah, there's just... I'm sorry if I'm kind of losing people, but there's no... When you put a record out, say it's £10 for a record, I reckon by the end of it, the band is seeing about 60 pence of it. Really? Is that, that, is that little? Yeah, yeah. There's just so many fingers in pies. It's like if a record label signs you and gives you a deal, say they give you 50 grand to record an album, mm. so the first 50 grand of sales of albums will go back to them before you see anything of it. And then after that, there's normally a percentage cut. So say the label will get fifty percent and then you'll get fifty percent. So after the first fifty grand that you've paid back, only then do you start making money and then it'll be half but half of record sales. But then you have managers who take mm. cuts as well, like twenty percent of that yeah, as well. Booking agents and booking all that it, kind of um, yeah. Booking agents bookets his shows, but yeah. Um so yeah, bands just can't it's such a mad system and it's so old school. It's like bands are still paying tax prices that they were getting in the 90s now mm. and it's like 150 pound a day some people are on 150 pound a day for being guitar techs for you know medium to big bands and it's like if you work for us for that you make more than i earned in a month in like two weeks being out on tour with us despite you know say a band brought in three thousand people to london roundhouse the guitar techs getting more in two weeks than the person, the people on stage who have brought mm. the people in. Um, yeah, they're getting paid more. They're getting paid more money than them. So, money's obviously a big factor. Um, lives, uh, loved ones. Like in the end, w- with our band, the boys. You know, sn- I think Snoz might have had a kid on kid on the way at the time. If not, had the, he might have had. Tommy Ray by then. Um, Gavin has had a child. Um, so, yeah, they had stuff to get on with, uh, you know, and stuff they wanted to do and wanted to do. Like, <laughs> what am I on about? Yeah, they had stuff where they had to concentrate on those things and you can't blame them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, yeah, when it ended, like, you know, I was kind of sad because I thought that we had failed, I had failed, and the fact that I couldn't get band to take off again was was a felt like a big weight on my shoulders like i've never spoken to any of the boys about it and they probably see it completely different and probably tell me not to be so stupid but yeah it felt like i failed mainly um and here we are got this podcast now winning now won't we better than ever this is gonna do better than the blackout right and i'm gonna have all the money in the world and i can get the blackout together well and I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I probably well, you say all the money, but you got to split it with me. Cause oh, yeah. well, we haven't well, sorted out well, percentages well, yet, mm. but it's well, anyway, going, going back to proper topics, um, you mentioned there about... The chocolate bars. Mmm, delicious. I like the almond. Is it an almond? Carry on. Sorry. You mentioned about money and being a big factor. Of course, a lot of the last couple of projects and albums you did were crowdfunded yes. kind of pledge music and kickstarter 
Yeah. Was that kind of a weird transition to go from in that? In that, and do you think it really helped those years of the band? We were the second ever, I think, rock artist. Rock artist, what a knob! Like who calls themselves an artist? Rock artist. We were the second ever rock artist after Charles Simpson of Fightstar. Ooh. And um, yeah, basically, Pledge Music came along to us because previous. Previously, I thought Pledge was basically begging for your fans to pay for you to do an album. And then the people at Pledge explained to me that basically it's a bunch of experiences that you choose that you want to do with your fans or you think your fans will want to do with you. You put them up for sale. If they want to buy them, they can. No pressure. If they don't want to buy them, don't buy them. And they they showed us a list of things that other bands said they would do. And we said, yep, yeah, we'll do all of them because we're cool. We like hanging out with each other anyway. So we like hanging out with each other. And we like hanging out with people who were friends of the band. Um, so, yeah, let's let's do that. So I remember, <laughs> I think it was either Snoz or Matthew decided that one of the pledge things would be, let's go to Bristol Zoo. So you could pay to <laughs> go to Bristol Zoo with a blackout and hang out with us for the day. Which sounds mental, mm. but they all sold out pretty sharpish. Yeah, yep. Us six, and then twenty, twenty people who were fans of the band. People working Bristol Zoo that day must have n- had no idea what to expect when you all rocked out. Yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of goth. Oh my god! Look, it's the most miserable bunch of goths you've ever. What are they doing to the monkeys? Why are they? they what? Keep an eye on them, Jane. Um, yeah, but there was eventful. There was an eventful mm. day because. That was five days before we went to make the Hope album. And Gareth Kevin Lawrence, who was the drummer, a.k.a. Snoz, he decided to have a go of the Are You Faster Than a Cheetah section, where you run and, like, a speed camera detects how fast you were running because they cheetahs run at, like, 80 mile an hour or something like that. I don't know. I don't, know, crazy. I don't know the horsepower of a cheetah. Um... So Snoz had to go, starts running, does well. He's nowhere near 80 mile an hour, though. He's way off. He's a good 12. Falls, forward roll, breaks his collarbone. Five days before we... Four or five days before we meant to go and record Hope. Ouch. So there's me in Bristol Zoo, phoning Jason Perry, who was producing um, Hope. Um, Jason Perry of the rock band A-Fame. Um who was producing our album, and I phoned him up and said we were in Bristol Zoo, said Snoz had just broken his collarbone, and he laughed at me and didn't believe me because he was like, no, you lie in, I don't trust you. As a wind up. He had to phone one of the other boys in the band to find out if it was no true. Yeah, he just didn't believe me. Liar, like, what a massive liar. And, um, yeah, we ended up having two different drummers on our album. One was Thomas Winch, who had previously been in um uk metal legend stamping ground and the other one was um kids in glass houses fame amazing drummer philip jenkins so um yeah that was a crap phone call to jason but yeah we did that we did all the pledge things that we could do we got the album made we were over the moon we couldn't have thanked the fans enough um and then, yeah, we saw that we could maybe carry on doing this. So we did that. 
And then when else did we? Oh, we kick, did the Kickstarter for. Um, did we do one for Start the Party? I know we did one for Wolves. Wolves and the DVD, I do believe. Oh yes, we. Oh, I forgot about the DVD. I haven't watched that DVD. Here's the thing: I haven't watched that the final Blackout DVD fully. I can't do it. No. That breaks my heart. Absolutely breaks my heart. Um, but yeah, we did Kickstarters for both of them. Um, they work quite well. Um, but the thing is, what you've got to realise is, when we did those Kickstarter things, they were basically all done by us. Mm. Like, we were done by, I say us, not me, because I'm terrible at stuff like that, but, like, Gavin and some of the others were just doing all that stuff, so they went above and beyond for the sake of our band, um, <clears throat> for us to put stuff out, so, um, yeah, we, we've kick-started wolves as well and that worked really well and then thought, yeah that was the last thing we ever did mm. it must have been quite weird to do especially when that was kind of one of the first acts to really do all that and see that fan reaction tenfold oh yeah it blew our minds because even though we had we knew that we wanted to do all those experiences on those pledge lists we were just weren't sure if anybody actually genuinely wanted to hang out with us like we we could draw you know 2,000 people to a room but we didn't know if anybody wanted to hang out with us backstage because a lot of people think the backstage is cocaine and strippers oh yeah and I'm, it's not it's yeah, 12 people all on their phones not talking to each other yeah all looking for the Wi-Fi password yep. And, yep. yeah here's a key when you go into a venue if you see the Wi-Fi password take a photo of it so then you've got it on your phone then and you can share it to other people as well life hacks that is look at this you're getting something for nothing with this podcast isn't you? you're getting a boring story from me about my life and how it went wrong. But you are also getting, ooh, I'll have Wi-Fi for the venue next time I go back here. Clever boy. And to connect that last question to really modern day, of course, that is that kind of platform is now seeing as a lot of pre-order kind of things yeah. for bands these days. But a lot of the bands who were kind of starting off when you guys were around really have changed their sound completely and especially some of the other bands who kept on and didn't break up around that time yeah do you think if the blackout did stay as a band you would have followed suit and changed your sound as well um is that something you've ever thought about i don't know i think we made such a big change such a big it didn't seem like such a big change to me but apparently it was to the the fans um between um what came after Hope? Was it Start the Party? Yeah, between Hope and Start the Party, our sound changed enough for people to be like, oh, I, d I, I don't... That's what I feel like. I feel like that people didn't like it as much. Um, but as for changing our sound, no, we kind of always wanted to make the same kind of... Well, I say same kind of music. Like, just whatever we wrote that day, that's what it was. If it was like a pop-punky vibe, cool. If it was like an emo-y vibe or whatever that means, cool. If it was a metal song, cool. It never really mattered to us. And we were never ones for um, miming and backing track and stuff. Mm. And stuff like that, which is, seems to be mad prominent at the moment. Like, when did it become when did it become acceptable for alternative rock bands to become like pop bands and not play their songs live? Like, I don't know, it's just... It kind of hurts. It hurts my soul now seeing some of these bands, and they're not playing live. And you just feel like it. Well, I just feel like there's no heart to it. It's like some of these bands have got 
got big enough now to the point where they don't have to play live anymore. Like, how sad is that? Yeah, it's like that, crazy. Like, if I want to go and see a band, if I wanted to listen to a perfect rendition of everything, I'd just chuck the CD on and get some strobes in my house. But no, you want to go and... You want, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to hear people lift bum notes. And I'm don't yeah. get me wrong, I know I was the king of bum notes, right? But that's... It's part of the live situation is wh- what's going to happen, anything can happen. Anyone can fall off stage. Like, anything can happen. But you go to some of these shows now and they're so robotic and they're so, you know, playing to click that is, you know, you it's like pl- it's like watching robots play. Yeah. Even though that would be cool. <laughs> robots. Not humans pretending to be robots. Robot band, that's going to be the next yes. massive thing. But wh- why do you think that's happened? Why do you think that changed? Do you, have you seen anything that kind of... I think... I think as with anything, times are changing. Kids, um, how do I word this now? Like when you look at SoundCloud rappers nowadays, right? People are more fans of the artists than they are the music. So people are fans of Six Nine and Lil Uzi Vert and all these super cool cloud rappers as people rather than genres of music because one of them could bring out a Spanish song, say, and that does well. They bring out a rap song, that as well. They bring out one with shouting on, that as well. Um, I think crowds are... <sighs> I don't know. I bet there's like a big theory and philosophy behind this. The social media has literally made kids' attention spans to nanoseconds. Yeah. So I think... So they want instant gratification. Like they, I saw, I saw a band mime at Reading and it hurt me so much that I had to leave the festival, right? I left the festival, went home, and I I read comments then about that band, and people, and one of the comments was, they weren't playing live, and then the comment, top comment below with the most likes was, yeah, but the light di- the lights are really good. Oh. So we're oh. kind of in an age now where people are more about production and lights and how something looks than they are about how it feels, how it sounds. And that breaks my heart. And that's why I'm busting to get back to it. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to... One, I'm probably bad at my men anyway. Um, but two, I can't wait. I'm just busting. Did you ever do anything in the arcs due to mine? Like a TV show or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we did one thing. You can search for it on YouTube. It's quite funny. If you type in Moshi Monsters and the blackout, we went to the Moshi Monsters office, which was the best office I'd been in. It had like a slide down through the middle of it, a giant treehouse in the middle of it. Um, yeah, if you check it out, go on YouTube, search the Blackout Moshi Monsters. We played at the end of one of the kids' TV shows, and we are literally in a shed. You have to mind because you can't get any instruments. Like it's it's a joke. You can tell it's yeah. it's tongue in cheek. It's not. This is what I do for a career now. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not miming. Yeah, it's not the yeah. This is stage at a major yeah, festival. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like a little bit sad for those bands where, well, do I feel sad for them? Because they're probably doing really well, but I, just, I don't know. I feel sad for the kids then, I guess, because I want, I want to feel the intensity of a different singers and musicians playing stuff. I want someone to hit the bum note on the guitar. I want a drum at a cock up. I don't just want to hear the CD and then have, oh, you've got a, you've got a lovely wall that you've written your name on behind you. Yay! Like, oh, I don't know. I f- oh, and his band's tucking their t-shirts into their trousers as well. Mm. What's going on with the alternative? Like, yeah. t- 
that. I tell you what, I'm in a band. Guess what I'm going to do? Tuck my t-shirt out of my trousers. What a guy. I'm not going to name names, but there is a couple of bands, fashion sense, have uh, become more mainstream. Don't even things. start me on this fashion. What's going on with fashion at the moment? Those dad shoes. Have you seen this dad shoe trend? Dreadful. Everybody who buys a pair of them looks like they're wearing orthopedic shoes. Anybody who buys any of the new Yeezy stuff is mental and is being taken f- f- for a clown by Ye. Because he's just changed, he's recently changed his name to Ye. He's no longer Kanye West now, so I'm sa- I might start calling myself Own. Is he just Ye or is he Ye West? I'll answer that. Using his name, Ye. He's j- yeah, he's Ye. He's just Ye now, not West. Here's a question. You could change your name to anything. Own. Own. Yeah. Because yeah, he's got Kanye. I've got sh on. Okay. So if you take the sh off, it's just on, isn't it? Okay, I get so, it. I see um, what he's done now. But yeah, um, I, yeah, I just wonder where the next big bands are going to come from, really, because like we're all complaining that we're sick to death of you're in the same four or five bands headline festivals. But who else is it? Like, there's not that many bands. There's like two or three bands in the world that are going to be headliners soon and then we're just going to have like t- like top middle tier type bands just have to rotate I don't know it's it's difficult especially you know record sales are down and I don't know I hope I literally do have hope for the future and I hope it gets better for everyone but um, yeah I don't know I don't know what it's going to take hopefully it's going to take my Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. New band. And then that's it. Yes, coming soon. You just wait. So there we go. That was the first part of Sean's interview about the breakup of the blackout. Some really great insight there of what happened. Yeah, sad thinking about that. But yeah. We've got much more to come, of course. Next episode, we're going to yes. open up another can of whoop-ass and ask all the questions, funny stories, all the crazy people you've met, 
the good times, the bad times, more sad times, more emo times, and everything else you can possibly imagine. Yes. It's going to be great. Yeah, and if you've got any questions or there's any parts I've missed out that you feel I should touch on, please, again, get in touch with us on our socials. I'm at Sean Smith Sucks on Twitter. Morgan is at MHRichards underscore on Twitter. Or you can tweet directly at the podcast, more likely to get seen that way, at Pod on Twitter, S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, like the new metal band, but not as Christian. I'm keeping that, I'm keeping that forever now. I think that should be our third t-shirt. Yes, we should have more t-shirts than we should have episodes. Yeah, maybe. Every episode. Every is. episode, we've got to make 10 new t-shirts. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so yeah, if you've got any questions, get in touch. If not, um, thank you very much for listening. If it's your first and last time listening to this, thank you. Sorry. Um, if you're going to listen to more, amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah. That means the world to us. It does. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback, so please get in touch with us. Um, yeah, that's that's it, I think. Um, cool. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, I love you very much. Please don't die. Um, keep your tongue out. Don't be sick. And tune in next week to find out. Sapnin. 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 What a weird end. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.